0: Chapter 19 Leo Simmons shifted restlessly in the back of the stolen Black Ford Explorer. They had picked it up from one of Hernandez's chop shops before leaving Chicago. This time, they were heading to Elizabeth City, North Carolina. The dashboard VIN had been changed along with the plates, so they shouldn't have any problem in case they were stopped by the police, as long as the cops weren't suspicious of anything and gave the vehicle a closer look. And why should they? Leo and Adrian's two goons in the front seats were just three buddies heading to North Carolina for a little vacation and maybe some fishing at the Outer Banks. He only hoped they caught the big one so Adrian would get off his back. It wasn't his fault Susan's bitch of his sister had taken the gun and money. He just hoped she still had them in her possession. They had been on the road for over four hours and he was anxious to finish this whole mess so he could get off Hernandez's shit list. Back at his girlfriend's apartment, he had killed her mother first. Before he put a bullet in Susan and her bratty kid, she revealed her sister had taken the bag to work. Then, the sniveling whore begged for their lives, like he was going to let her live, after all the trouble she'd caused him. Unfortunately, Leo had killed her and the brat before he remembered to ask where her fucking sister worked. Dennis had been so fucking pissed, and called him every name in the book before breaking his nose with one punch. Tossing an empty bottle of Mountain Dew into the rear of the SUV, he kicked the back of the front passenger seat. How much fucking longer? Goon, too, as Leo thought of him, tossed a newspaper in his direction. About eight more hours. Read the paper. That is, if you know how to read. The two assholes snickered at the lame insult, while Leo glowered at the backs of their heads. He wasn't stupid enough to start a fight with them, since they both outweighed him by a good 50 pounds. knew his limits fucking jackasses it was after three o'clock in the morning when they finally arrived in Elizabeth City and found a local no-tell motel at the office they got the rooms they'd requested two adjoining ground floor units around the back of the bi-level establishment goons one and two took the in-room and left Leo the other which was fine with him he would rather have made the trip with a few of his own men but Adrian insisted upon sending these two assholes to ensure there were no further screw-ups. Leo figured the best way to get back in favor with the drug lord was to do things his way for now. As long as they got the job done, it didn't matter who did the dirty work with him. Flopping down on the bed, he used the remote to turn on the television and then shoved another pillow behind his head. Pulling out some rolling papers and a dime bag of primo pot, he quickly made a joint. It would help him get the sleep he needed for a few hours before they went searching for Investigator Malone. Once they found him, they planned on tailing him for a bit, and hopefully it wouldn't be long until he led them straight to the fucking bitch and the all-important duffel bag. Blinking the sleep from her eyes, Mariah awoke in Casey's comforting embrace. A glance at the bedside clock told her it was a little after 8 in the morning, She rolled over carefully to get a better look at his face without waking him. The penetrating hazel eyes she loved so much were behind closed lids, his long black lashes fanning across his cheeks. A lock of his dark brown hair had fallen across his brow, and she fought the urge to brush it back into place. His hair was even longer now than it had been when they'd first met. God, had it just been a week ago? So much had changed since then. She'd been a blah in bed with men before, but now, in KC's arms, she felt sexually powerful with a passion she had never known, and she was one hundred percent positive she was safe with him. No matter what happened from this point on, he would be beside her all the way. I love you, she whispered, placing her hand on his chest. She was startled when his eyes flew open, and he rumbled. I love you too, sweetheart. Staring into his eyes, she knew it was true. She loved him with all her heart, and he loved her in return. Closing the distance between them, she kissed him. No more words were needed, as they lost themselves in each other's touch and made love again, blocking out the danger she was in, if only for a short while. An hour later, they emerged from the bedroom after taking a luxurious and entertaining shower for two. At first, Mariah had been embarrassed when Casey had joined her in the small stall. She had never taken a shower with a man before, but quickly discovered she never wanted to shower without Casey again. After soaping up her body, he had taken her up against the cool, tiled wall as the warm water beat down on them. She had hung on for dear life as he fucked her like a man possessed. When they'd toweled each other off afterward, she'd been shocked to see where her nails had made bright red scratch marks across his back. Worried she'd hurt him, an apology had tumbled from her lips. But then, giddiness had taken hold of her when he told her he liked the fact she had branded him, even though the marks would eventually fade. As they walked hand in hand to the living room, they found Sean at his computer with a cup of coffee in his hand. Uncle Dan is on his way with bagels and stuff. He got old man Turner to watch the store for the day and already met with Sheriff Griffin and brought him up to speed on the situation. The sheriff is going to tell his deputies to keep their eyes out for Illinois plates and anyone who looks out of place wandering around town. He's also assigning an extra deputy to patrol Whisper, just in case, and said to call him if we need anything. Whisper was part of Dare County and Sheriff Griffin had lived in the town all his life, so he made certain his hometown was safe and secure there were always at least two deputies who could be found driving around the tiny town at any given time, and the residents appreciated his efforts to keep them safe. Brian Malone strolled to his assigned unmarked car with a black duffel bag containing his personal equipment in one hand and a cup of coffee in the other. After Sean had filled him in with the updated information on the murder of Mariah's family from the DEA, Brian had gone to work a little early this morning and had a meeting with his supervisor. With the DEA's confirmation that Mariah wasn't a suspect, and there were dirty cops in the Chicago Police Department, Captain Culpepper agreed. It was in the best interest of everyone involved to keep her location a secret. They would follow the DEA's lead for now. In the meantime, he had a few cases of his own he needed to run down a few leads on. Climbing into the unmarked unit, he settled in and pulled out of the parking lot still mulling over everything that had happened over the past two days. Shit. Casey had really stepped in at this time. They'd all had their share of problems over the years, but this one was a fucking doozy. And all because of a woman. Go figure. The Malone brothers were notorious chick magnets. He couldn't deny that. They'd been blessed with their mother's good looks and their father's physique. None of them had lacked for dates since their teenage years but they each had avoided long-lasting attachments and complicated relationships until now. Casey had it bad for Mariah. They may have gotten off to a rocky start, but Brian was convinced if they could clean up this fucking mess she was involved in, the two of them might have a chance. Despite his worry, Brian couldn't help but like Mariah. He had, at least, found a new respect for her last night. The woman had gone through hell and back and was holding it together like a trooper She had provided as much intel as she could on her sister's boyfriend, had asked plenty of questions, and hadn't shirked away from some hard answers. He had to give her credit for her courage. Making a left turn, he glanced into his rearview mirror. Two cars back, a black SUV made the same turn. It appeared to be the same vehicle that had pulled away from the curb behind him when he'd left the SBI headquarters. Was it his imagination? Or was he being followed? Time to find out. Casey's cell phone rang at the same time Dan Malone arrived with breakfast, and he answered it as he unlocked the porch door to let his uncle and canine companion in. Malone. His brother's terse voice came over the line. I picked up a fucking tail at the office this morning. A black explorer with Illinois plates. Three male occupants. I've been taking them on a very dull tour of Dare County. The tags come back to an Andrew Peters of Chicago. Grabbing a pen and pad from the dining table, Casey jotted down the name, plate, and address his brother rattled off. I'll have Sean call Agent Sampson and have him track down the registered owner. In the meantime, make your way over toward the beach house. When you're about five minutes away, give me a heads up, and we'll meet you in the driveway. I want them to see Mariah and identify her. They won't dare fucking try anything, with us surrounding her in broad daylight, especially knowing there's a state investigator present. I take it you have a plan? Not exactly. More like half a plan, which was still developing. Yep. I'll fill you in when you get here. Don't forget to give us a couple minutes' notice. You got it. I'm about a half hour away. See you in a bit. Casey hung up the phone and found Dan, Sean, and Mariah staring at him and he told them about Brian's tale. As soon as the guys in the Ford have a good view of Mariah, we'll work on moving her from the cottage without them noticing. Uncle Dan, can you hide her at your apartment until this is over? When the older man rolled his eyes at the stupid question, his nephew continued. Good. In the meantime, we'll make it seem as though everyone else is leaving Mariah and me here alone. Three against one guy and a woman? They'll be cocky enough to try and take us on. They'll wait for Dark before attacking, but we'll have a few surprises waiting for them. Curious and unsure, Mariah asked, What kind of surprises do you have in mind? Casey's eyes sparkled with mischief. The fun and nasty kind. For the next fifteen minutes, while Mariah and Dan prepared breakfast, the two brothers made themselves busy by making a few phone calls. Sean called Agent Sampson and gave him the license tags on the Ford which had been following Brian. The agent didn't recognize the owner's name as being involved with the drug dealers and would have someone check the guy out for him. He also advised Sean the DEA had just received word of a huge shipment of drugs being brought into Chicago tonight. Apparently, Adrian Hernandez was going to be present, along with several other key players, and the DEA was scrambling to secure search and arrest warrants for the huge bust. He promised to call Sean after all the arrests were made. In the meantime, KC had been on the phone with T three, arranging a few surprises for their Illinois guests. The man was going to pack some toys and pick up fellow teammates Troy Treble Mason and Rigby Peanut Banks before heading back down to whisper. Casey told T three to pass on to Peanut that he was going to have to do a little cross dressing. Banks was smaller than most seals at five foot six and one hundred and seventy pounds of solid muscle, but he was one of the toughest sons of bitches KC had ever met. Due to his size, though, he was often used as a decoy. Armed with Mariah's description, he would choose a wig and some clothes to play her part. Casey trusted these men with his life, and, even more importantly, he trusted them with his woman's life. And Mariah was definitely his woman. And after she was safe, he planned on making the title permanent, if she would have him. His thoughts were interrupted by his cell phone ringing in his hand. Checking the screen... He noted it was Brian calling again. What's your ETA? Less than five, was the brief response before his brother hung up. Showtime, people. The three Malones escorted Mariah three-quarters of the way down the drive, flanking her so no one could get a clear shot of her. Being a federal agent, Sean had his holstered gun in full view. Jinx trailed behind the group, sniffing the ground. It wasn't long before Brian's unmarked state vehicle pulled up, further blocking any shot, but still making sure Mariah could be seen and identified. Stepping out of the car, he greeted the foursome. They're about a block and a half behind me. From where they were standing, Sean was the only one who could observe the vehicle without being obvious. Trusting his brothers to have his back, Casey didn't bother to turn in the direction indicated. We'll just stand here chatting until they decide to do a drive-by. While they waited, He filled Brian in with the rest of the plan. When they were finished here, Brian and Uncle Dan would leave. Their uncle would return to his apartment and wait for Mariah's arrival while Brian headed back to work for a few hours before returning. The others would remain in the cottage, awaiting the arrival of Casey's teammates. After creating a diversion, they would sneak Mariah out of the area via an ATV on the beach, which T3 was bringing with him. Peanut would enter the same way. Once Mariah was safely hidden above the hardware store, Sean would make a big production about leaving and then meet up with Brian later on. After leaving Dan's, T3 and Trouble would return to the cottage with the rest of their gear, again from the beach, to help set the trap. From that point, they would just have to wait for the bad guys to walk into it. As Casey finished laying it all out, Sean spoke. They're making their drive-by. Everyone acted casual as the explorer cruised by doing the local 25 miles per hour speed limit. Mariah held her breath and forced herself not to glance at the vehicle as it eased past the driveway on the opposite side of the road. When they were certain the occupants had seen her, the Malones broke up the group. Brian and Dan, with Jinx following, headed to their respective vehicles, while the others walked up the driveway with Mariah between the two men. Brian steered his car in the direction the Ford had taken to see if he could find where the out-of-towners were setting up their surveillance. The day was cool and overcast, so few of the locals would be out, and the beach was basically deserted. If any of the men who were after Mariah were on the beach when it was time to bring in the ATVs, Casey would contact Sheriff Griffin and coordinate a visit from the beach patrol to clear the way. Inside the house, Mariah was trembling as she wrapped her arms around Casey's narrow waist. What do we do now? Holding her tight, he kissed her gently even though the rage he felt for the men in the SUV was coursing through his veins. Now we wait for reinforcements, and then the boys and I get to have some fun.